Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, a show where we discuss trends, pop culture, and why what happens at Cannes shouldn't stay at Cannes, because at the end of the day, everything is an ad. And that's never truer than during Cannes Lion, and we are reflecting on this week live from Spotify's recording studio on the beach, which is very nice. With Liz in New York, we have another special guest host taking the hot seat, and that's Adweek's Managing Editor for Agencies and Brands, Jameson Fleming. Hi, Jameson. How are you doing? I'm good. Tired, but good. Tired. Thank you for having me. We are so happy to have you as a guest host and it's so nice to be together because I'm based in London and Jameson's in New York, so it's just nice to come together as an Adweek team. I know, but yeah. first week we've ever gotten to meet, finally. I know, and we've just been running around, so hopefully we can find time for our Rosie. <laughs> exactly. Um, and joining us today, we have amazing guests to talk about what's been going on in the Riviera. We have Lucy Von Sturmer, who is founder at brand consultancy Humble Brag and initiator and chairwoman at the non-profit Creators for Climate, who've been causing a little bit of disruption on the Gazette this week, which we're going to talk about later. And we have Tessa Aragonis, who's president North America for AKKA. How are you guys? Great. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, really excited to have this platform. Thanks, Adwick. Are you tired? <laughs> are your feet sore? You know, I feel great. I feel really good. I'm excited, still excited to be here. Um, we've been judging. I'm on, a, I'm on the direct, uh, direct jury and I'm excited to see all the winners uh, on stage. Yeah, I mean, that's what Cannes is all about, right? The work, but it's also about having big, important conversations, which is what you've been doing, Lucy. Yeah, so um, we've been having an outside uh, conference, let's say, of sorts. Um, the first time that I came to Cannes was in 2019 when uh, Extinction Rebellion did their first action here at Cannes. Um, and the drum hosted an event with Will Skeeping, and that was my first encounter with this kind of creative advertising activism movement. I think, you know, the year after, because of COVID, there was no event. Um, last year, we had Greenpeace give back their award and kind of question the value of these awards in general. And this year, we put on 
the Next Level Climate Summit with Clean Creatives, and we've been taking to the quizette, uh, interviewing leaders ad hoc about their views on sustainability and the role of advertising. So I'm really excited to share that with you. Yeah, and we're going to hear a little bit later about like how that's all been going. Yeah. But I wonder, just first of all, like what are some of the kind of conversations and like trending topics that you guys have noticed on the ground? Sustainability is, of course, a huge one. Um, I'm seeing a lot of talk about like AI. Um, and effectiveness and a recession kind of dominating. But Tessa, what Yeah, I, I could jump in on that one. I think AI actually is one of the most exciting technologies that we've seen uh, for m- many things, uh, marketing and advertising included. I think um, we've seen a lot of entries uh, at Cannes that were begging for a lot of discussion, right? Because I guess you would say, is AI the idea or is there an actual idea? idea behind the campaign. Mm-hmm. So for example, uh, Heinz Ketchup, uh, they did a campaign where, you know, they put in as a prompt uh, to show a bottle of ketchup and it shows the strength of the Heinz brand that most of the images that pop up actually look like Heinz Ketchup. Um, I can speak for one of the campaigns that uh, my team did at AKQA featuring Serena Williams, where we actually used AI to have the young Serena uh, compete against Serena today um, as the greatest of all times. And just to actually look at, you know, her statistics, her style of play um, and uh, award winning. So very exciting to see that work being recognized. Um, I think the other one I think that I would mention, which I think was very innovative in the use of AI, there was a campaign from Germany uh, that um stuck out because uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now around trans and trans rights. Mm -hmm. And um, they have used AI to uh, go back for people who don't have photos of themselves from childhood and create photos that actually look like how they look today. Okay. And I think for someone in that community, it's a really beautiful use of the mm-hmm. technology. Um, and uh, yeah, Saved Memories, I think, was the name of that one. Oh, it's I really special. That. Yeah. I'll need to look that up. That's a really good way to like blend AI and purpose. There's lots of chat about purpose and purposeful marketing. Exactly. And how are those conversations yeah. getting into sustainability? <laughs> I mean, we were kind of having a joke yesterday that we should be advertising the Next Level Climate Summit with like billboards outside that say, come get the latest insights and programmatic or AI um, because, you know, people are not necessarily coming in droves to hear about the climate crisis. I mean, I don't want to be sitting in this room today being the bearer of bad news. I don't want you to feel like a threat, but I am. You know, the conversations that we've been having are the fact that the IPCC warns that fossil fuel emissions must be halved within 11 years to keep the world livable. I mean, looking around, are you guys experiencing the climate crisis in your lives? I think you'd be lying if you Mm. said no. So I don't know. I think it's just absolutely uh, apocalyptic almost being here celebrating growth. And I mean, that's such a cool use of AI. That sounds amazing. I just wish that that creativity could be applied to issues and causes and science rather than catch up. (laughs) <laughs> so that's the conversations we've been having. It's interesting because I think that at least for the category of direct, um, there were a number of um, you know environmental campaigns that came through, uh, a few that were recognized by, by my jury, including one called Prête à voter, um, in which for French laws, um, they actually created a book uh, that was printed to make it easier for the government in France to vote on environmental laws. 
is a really interesting use of direct um, because it armed people with the information they needed to actually make change for, you know, not just the country, but for the world. What, like, conversations have you been having with CMOs in the Gazette then? Like, has there been any progressive conversation? Yeah, I think, like, so yesterday we were out with this really awesome greenwash swatch toolkit that we've created. It translates research by Planet Tracker on how greenwashing is getting more sophisticated. Um, And we were basically out asking people if they would have a discussion with us about creativity for good. Um, And one of the questions that we were asking people was what did you want to use your creativity for when you were growing up? And what are you using it for now? And I think that that was a really interesting and revealing conversation. So I think it was a whole range of responses. Um, And we also met somebody who was here to actually, um, with the mandate to engage and kind of reimagine what Khan Lion could be. So it is like, yes, it's it's a more inclusive of more diverse voices. We obviously know that that we need more um, uh, people of color and indigenous and, and better representation. I agree, like LGBT and trans rights are so important. I just sometimes think that like big brands will put this as the issue that they're focusing on rather than like the ultimate challenge, which is of course challenging growth. Uh, I would say, I mean, being a woman and person of color, I feel like Dee and I, I really appreciate the emphasis that Ken is putting on inclusion. I would agree with that. It's really important. It is so important. And I important. think it's like you talk about the future and you talk about future genera- generations. This is one of the best topics and most mm. popular topics for the youth because it is them and we are reflecting them. And I think from that standpoint, I did see some really brilliant work on diversity and inclusion. And I feel like, for example, I think, um, you know, there was one piece of uh, work, brilliant, uh, Columbia University did something called, Are You Pressworthy uh, to Tackle Racial Bias? And they created, uh, they used technology to actually say if someone were to go missing, depending on if it was a woman, a man, a uh, member of the LGBTQ plus um, uh, community, uh, how pressworthy is that news? Yeah, that's and that so is—it's uh, shocking. I mm. think that a lot of people that were to do that and see that people that may have privilege may not even realize that, like, there's so many people that go missing that are not pressworthy at all. So that was one example. At the Humble Brag, which is my um, award-winning consultancy, one of my main objectives is to raise the visibility of diverse voices. And we're giving away a lot of trainings to people of color. And obviously, as a woman myself and as a business owner, as a founder, I completely echo that message. I think the conversation is really that DEI isn't a category and sustainability isn't a category. We actually need to talk about climate justice. And I think these are very intertwined. So I'm 100% aligned with that message. Yeah, And I don't know if it's... Um it's a collective thing of all these things that are important that impact human rights and how we live and the future that we will live together. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, some of the other work that I saw is really nice to see big brands actually taking a stand on things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, two of the, the award-winning campaigns that we saw, one I'll mention uh, is MasterCard um, did some brilliant work uh using their technology and data for good. Mm -hmm. And it focused really on the Ukraine and all the refugees, you know, 
all these people having to leave, many of them migrating to Poland. And what uh, they found is that a lot of people were going to Warsaw and there was just not enough housing, expensive, not enough jobs. And they used the data to actually say, okay, if we create an app to show there are other smaller towns outside of Warsaw and 20% of the refugees um, that have you know, fled to Poland have used this technology to find places to live, places to work, uh, ways to educate their children. And I thought that was really great for them to take that stand. And not only is it great for today as a moment, it's actually an integrated campaign that is scalable for all refugees. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really uh, amazing. I'm, I'm interested in, you know, this whole conversation around purpose and Can has awarded so much purpose work over the years. But this year, uh, you know, we've heard that, well, first they put in the efficiency or effectiveness, uh, you know, briefing as part of it. And there's been talk around juries being encouraged. So, you know, focused not as heavily on the purpose work. So talk us through the, the briefing that you got and how you led your jury. Yeah, no, I think that is um, really great. I think that the the effectiveness, I mean, there were a few things that we were asked to to comment on. It was, you know, the strength of the idea, um, the execution, the strategy, and then effectiveness. I think the effectiveness piece of it um, was touched on for every single entry. And um, one of the things that we had to ask ourselves was, like, there's so many great ideas, but is it really direct? Are people actually taking action against something Um Yes, you could see things like that in terms of campaigns like Oreo, where they were doing things with uh, gaming and it can actually track engagement and how people are engaging with their phones and uh, cheat code cookies. <laughs> um, but from a purpose standpoint, um, actually seeing things around uh, work that, back to inclusion, um, brands like Adidas is doing around um, Down syndrome. And so measuring that uh, in a way that's unique and different and also leveraging the emotion of sports. So, for example, they're saying that uh, 321 for bibs for all marathons will be reserved for uh, runners with Down syndrome. That's the chromosome, 321, mm -hmm. uh, for Down syndrome, which is brilliant. And Adidas may have started it, but it's so powerful because they were getting so many people actually wanting to run with that bib that, you know, I used to work at Nike for 10 years. So it's like Nike said for all of our marathons, we're also going to uh, reserve 321. And then in the same sense, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but when I flew in, I flew in via Charles de Gaulle. And uh, I was really struck by um, a campaign. Charles de Gaulle actually had a daughter, Anne de Gaulle, uh, also Down syndrome. And so for a period of time, France changed everything around Charles de Gaulle, uh, tickets, the signage outside, all the connecting things, the tags on your bag, they changed the name of the airport, and they could actually measure how many people were exposed to that new name to raise awareness uh, for Down syndrome. So I thought that was pretty incredible. We had Thomas Colster on our panel uh, yesterday over at the Next Level Climate Summit, and Thomas has been, you know, a jury member of the SDG Awards multiple times. Um, and, and his response was that nothing's changing. <laughs> He's been, you know, uh, sharing the same message for years around the potential of creativity and the advertising industries to take a legitimate stand, and he just felt like nothing was changing. So that was a really interesting insight for me and as a younger person it's 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 pretty um it's pretty hard to to get excited about these things mm. 
I think it's also interesting to see the scale of different campaigns, right? So it's like you have big global campaigns um, that launch by big brands, but you also have smaller regional campaigns that are trying to make a difference uh, for their community and measuring on that scale, Mm -hmm. um, which I find, um, you know, again, going back to the idea and the impact, um, how you measure that um, is really different from a big global campaign to a local campaign. Yeah, one of the things that I've been kind of hearing from, let's say, like some older people is that there's a bit of frustration that people feel like, well, every award-winning campaign now has to be a purposeful award. Um, That's something that, like, I've just picked up literally from hearing other people. Um, And, yeah, it's just, for me, it just feels obvious that, like, what's the role of creativity if not for driving genuine change? But Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Yeah, it is interesting because a lot of the campaigns um, that are winning are kind of, I think as Tessa was saying, is like marrying creativity and purpose with effectiveness. And they're having to kind of showcase the business value of purpose. And I went to a talk um, on Wednesday with... um, Connie from Unilever and uh, Ali from Dove and they were talking about like how that brand the the brand value of Dove and the kind of longevity of that brand is super high and it's because it's a purpose-driven brand and brands with purpose um, at Unilever in particular grow faster than brands without so I think like what the conversation we're having is around kind of how are we marrying creative effectiveness with purpose and Basically, I was asking the question, are there too many purpose-driven awards that can? But I think the consensus is that, like, well, most brands now need to, like, live to their values, which then is where the sustainability stuff comes in as well. But, like, I wonder, with your humble brag hat on, like, was there any work that you've seen that you liked or were surprised by? Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, um, uh, 
there's like two 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 camps of agencies, right? You've got agencies that are kind of like exist as these kind of uh, Goliath type type agencies, and then you've got others that are are kind of born uh, with with a different DNA. Mm -hmm. So I I built my agency around my values almost as a way to cre create create a platform for change, and I think that I, I tend to gravitate, and and generally they are like smaller to medium sized indies, and obviously you've got Widen and Kennedy that are now a B Corp, and you've got Havas UK that are also a B Corp, but I think that um, I actually ended up using my business to fund a civil society initiative, which is uh, Creators for Climate. So I've really been here trying to have difficult conversations, and I'm sorry if it is difficult, but I just feel like it's also valuable to have that in the room. Absolutely. No, I mean, uh, we've, we've been focused on sustainability with Katie as our sustainability editor for a while, yeah. and that's why we're having this conversation today. And it is, you know, it's a question I often ask agency CEOs is, you know, advertising is in such a, you know, inflection point where it's like we're trained to want to drive growth, but agencies are also trying to move in that sustainability, you know, moving much more towards sustainable practices and work for clients. But those two things run yeah, they, opposed totally. to each other. So everybody's going through the struggle of like, how do we do both for clients exactly. in a way that is going to help everybody and help this future. And you know what? Like, it's not strategic for us to cancel any conversation. So I like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to kind of like go around writing and wronging. I just think like when it comes to the whole kind of sustainability movement right now, it does have consensus that there's one kind of obvious no-brainer move that needs to happen, which is divesting from promoting oil and gas industries. And I think that like yeah, I think that that is, can be the no-brainer. And I think for the rest, like, yeah, it's of course, like I'm, I'm a small business owner myself. Like it's so difficult driving an agency, little, like in what, what is a difficult time to have an agency period and also be super values aligned. So, so I think we just need to have these conversations in an open way. Yeah, and ag agencies will get there because I mean, there's the stats out there that's like 60% of creatives will refuse to work on a fossil fuel account. Right. Young creators, I think 40% mm -hmm. said they won't even work for an agency that has a fossil fuel account. And so... So it's a talent crisis. <laughs> it's also a talent crisis yeah. that every agency is going to have to kind of face that reckoning, whether it's this year or five years or 10 years down the road, because eventually the talent's going to drive up because Gen Z is, is that's just how they think. And Gen Alpha is probably going to be even more climate focused. You know, one of the things that we did... Uh, this week is like every year AKQA does the Future Lions and we partner with one of our clients and this year we partnered with Volvo. But it's always so exciting to see ideas from the students, uh, the, like the future creatives, um, because they all kind of touched on ideas that were sustainable, things around energy and ways to actually help us be better. And I find that very encouraging, the optimism, but also AKQA giving them that platform to do concepts for a brand like Volvo. So I thought that was really great. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we saw on the Quizette yesterday was just a really generational divide. So one of like the simple questions that we asked people was like, how do you feel about the future? <laughs> and you got a really different range of responses. Like some, let's say, older people were really hopeful. They were like, innovation is going to get us there. And younger people were like, I don't even know how to navigate a career anymore. Um, so I think that, yeah, 
I mean, I'm 35, right? So uh, <laughs> I'm a former younger person. Uh, but I work with a lot of Gen Z and they have pretty radical ideas about what they will ex- what they expect from the workplace. And as an employer, sometimes that can be difficult. We know that. Uh, but as an activist, I really sympathize because it's like they're, work- they're walking into a world where they don't want to work and give debt 40 hours of their life to something that they don't feel is purpose aligned. That's um, why I find this generation, generation like Z, Gen Alpha, so inspiring, right? And like, I, I'm an optimist, so I believe in architecting the future with optimism, but I'm also a marketer. So having conversations with uh, Gen Z, gosh, they just have, they're so empowered to say like, well, yeah, I don't want to do that, so I'm going to do this instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love partnering with them to design the future that they want to live in. And, uh, you know, I have, you know, nieces and nephews that are young activists like you, Lucy. I think that, like, uh, finding their voice and using their voice, showing so much courage, um, I find it inspiring. Yeah, I mean, as a climate activist and as a mother, a young mother, you know, of a, of a young baby, Um, people always say to me like, oh, well, it's good you're having a child so your child can be a climate activist. And I'm like, I want to hand the next generation solutions. Like, I do not want my child to be a change maker. I do not want the next generation to have to be activists. Like, let's make the change now so we can be like, here's a livable future. Um, So that's that's where I'm coming from. Well, I think looking to the future is probably a good place to end it. Um, thank you so much to you both, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. And as I was walking in here, I thought, oh, no, I'm going to be the downer in the room. And I don't want to be, like, I want to be sitting here too and saying, like, isn't that campaign so cool and effective? Um, and so I really hope that, like, somebody listening to this will step up and be the next agitating voice so that I can step back. Uh, and if their voice isn't in the room, you know, please make sure that you, that you represent the... Um, millions of people out there that are going to be affected very shortly by the climate crisis. Yeah, and I would say, uh, Lucy, I love your passion for your space. And I don't think you're a downer. I think that that's data. And for any young creator out there, you know, I think this is why we do what we do. We lean into creative challenges to be the change that we want to see. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the type of creativity that comes out of these types of conversations. Amazing. Well, I'm glad we had the conversation. Thank you to you both for your passion, your time and your voice. And thank you, Jameson, my co-host. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by me, Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGivney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content, so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? 
Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.